You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm running about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. It's our uh, off-season mode, our final off-season mode here, as training camps and preseason games are just around the corner for all 32 NFL teams here on Locked On Fantasy Football. We've been uh, doing some more advanced scouting for you here as we prepare for things settling a little bit in camps, what we've been doing here is identifying sleepers, uh, breakout candidates from each class. We went fourth year there, started with the series with that, went to third year players, then expanded to second year players, and now it seems like uh, counting down, let's end up on the rookies, shall we? So we're going to do this for you, 25 sleeper rookies to look for in fantasy football in 2021. These are guys that are undervalued, overlooked, uh, just flying under the radar in some cases, some deeper sleepers, some rising sleepers, all kinds here. But we're going to count down 25 very deep sleeper to number one, our favorite player here that isn't so obvious that can really exceed expectations in ADP and ranking here in 2021. Now, two names you will not hear on the show after this point are Najee Harris and Mac Jones. So your Alabama running back from last season, their championship run, and your Alabama quarterback from last season. Well, here's why you won't hear about Najee Harris. He's a stud. He's an absolute stud. He's a borderline number one running back. So RB1 potential for Najee Harris. First round pick of the Steelers. They want to reestablish the running game as the focal point of their offense. He's going to be the workhorse here. Mike Tomlin likes to go in that direction. So Najee Harris, there's no question about him. You put him in the pool with other young veteran running backs, he belongs up there, and he's a borderline RB1, RB2 at this point. So secrets out on Najee Harris. There's nothing there that isn't worthy of going in the first three rounds pretty high. Now, Matt Jones is a guy we're just going to admit from this list. Yeah, he doesn't even crack the top 25. He's on it for a different reason, the not mentioned list beyond this point. He's not going to start over Cam Newton, and we don't really love the Patriots offense. It's not like you're going to invest a lot in this passing game no matter what with uh, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, and Jonu Smith at the focal point with a rookie quarterback. So not going with Mac Jones here, not anywhere near the top 300 I would look at. We lean a little bit more half-point PPR because that's the standard here for Yahoo and other sites. But we also consider the other format standard and full point PPR here. But Harvey Slice and Mac Jones is not someone we want to put on the radar. Too many good rookie quarterbacks to begin with, and a lot of other young veterans that are special in the position. So Harris clearly stands out. Jones clearly fades in relation to the rest of the rookie field. So we're not going to mention those two. We will mention 25 other players in a moment. But I do have to tell you at the top that this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by Rock Auto Amazing Selection. Library low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, we have an interesting run. We went pretty deep here, and this is how it is right now. We know things can change, so you want to monitor that to training camp, hear the reports, see how things are going in the preseason, injuries, 
players getting up to speed, all that. But this is what we know right now going into camps. And number 25 is a wide receiver that uh, surprisingly went to the Seahawks. It's Dwayne Eskridge. Very interesting player. He probably going to fit as an inside-outside versatile guy playing with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Now, we've tried to fit in a third receiver there in Seattle for a while. We've looked at David Moore and those types. Uh, Jermaine Curse back in the day. There just hasn't been a lot there to look at beyond the primary targets for Russell Wilson. And that includes tight ends. And you get the backfields catching or catching the passes there, whether it's uh, Chris Carson or others. And then it's pretty much DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett dominating targets and production uh, working together as the top two receivers. But there's always been an opening there. It's Russ Wilson. He's a top-flight quarterback. Dwayne Eskridge, not too exciting. I mean, he's a deeper league stash. He's not going to see a lot of work here. He, he can't work the middle of the field and uh, help there so Lockett can see some more outside duty. But Dwayne Eskridge on the radar, playing off those two receivers and Russell Wilson. That's why he comes in here at number 25. So yeah, we're starting deep. We're going to get shallow and shallow until we get to our number one. We stay deep on number 24, and we go to North Carolina. There's a lot of North Carolina on this list, by the way. And this is the first player from uh, the Tar Heels to look at, Diami Brown. Now you look at where the Washington football team is with their passing game. Ryan Fitzpatrick now at the helm. You added Curtis Samuel in the offseason. He is a good slot receiver. You have Terry McLaurin, an alpha Number one here who stands out as a potential wide receiver one in fantasy with a breakout season with Fitzpatrick. Now, you have some openings. They've tried to work in some other guys like Steven Sims and all that. We know Logan Thomas is going to be a key part of the offense continue to do that. Tight end, Antonio Gibson, big part out of the backfield. So this is basically trying to find what he can squeeze out of the third receiver for Washington football team, Diami Brown. Very dynamic, and you can't spell dynamic without Diami. That's the kind of player he is. He's a big playmaker, stretches the field. So Samuel, again, if they want to use him slot, the speed kills. McLaurin is going to draft or draw a lot of attention. And Diami Brown here on the outside could get some one-on-one looks. Samuel's also a threat. So a lot of speed and quickness in this Washington football team offense for Scott Turner. Diami Brown is going to be a big part of it. I think more of an occasional player flashing at first. So that's why he's low on the list. 24, someone to watch there. Deeper leagues, more in the waiver wire in this situation, uh, but more in that top 300. And you're usually not going to go that deep in most drafts, but Eskridge and Brown have specific roles as number three receivers uh, lining up here on uh, both sides of Washington, Seattle, and our nation's capital. Now, we go to number 23 on the list. Uh, We're going through these uh, deep sleepers a little fast here. Amari Rodgers, uh, playing with Aaron Rodgers. We still think he's going to be fine, and Rodgers is going to be back in camp. He's going to be the guy. He's going to find those extra targets to help Devontae Adams. Right now, Marquez Valdez-Scandling and Al Lazard have been the options, but we'll see if there's a niche role there for Amari Rodgers coming out of Clemson where he worked with Trevor Lawrence. Can they give him a key cog role here all of a sudden? A versatility, use him all over the field, deploy him as a receiver, an open field threat here. We'll see about Amari Rodgers, but again, you can't ignore Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback, the dynamic nature of the Packers' offense, and that the fact that they are limited there looking for a second or third receiver that can help uh, Devontae Adams here from the wideout spot. So kind of the same boat here with Eskridge, Diami Brown, and 
The next guy on the list is Nico Collins, the Michigan product for the Houston Texans. The Texans looking to really find uh, their way in the passing game. We're not sure it's going to shake out with uh, Deshaun Watson yet. Brandon Cooks is their number one receiver, but all their receivers have interesting names. They all start with C.O. So you have Randall Cobb there, pretty much a veteran slot guy. You have Kiki Kuti, same deal with his ability here. You have uh, what you can do with Brandon Cooks, so C.O., C.O., C.O. And, and now Nico Collins is in that club as well on this team. So looking at uh, the Texans, again, there's a bit of an opening here, especially the quarterback situation changes for Houston. Nico Collins, a pretty good receiver in Michigan. I liked his skill set, did a little bit of everything, more of a possession guy. Right now, you would think it's Cooks, Cobb, and Kuti. And I didn't even mention uh, two more guys with a CO name, Chris Conley and Isaiah Coulter. That's who Nico Collins is uh, trying to battle here for position on this depth chart. So there's a legitimate chance that everyone on this roster depth chart and wide receiver specific to that position for the Texans has CO to the start of their name, which is great. So it's going to be a co versus co versus co versus co. That sounds like a committee here to us in fantasy football. But Nico Collins certainly has a special skill set. Kuti and Cobb are kind of uh, redundant in their skill set. Cobb might be fading as a slot threat. Kuti might be re-rising. Conley's just a guy. He's just been uh, average there in a stops with the Chiefs and Jaguars. He's good speed and quickness as well. But Collins seems to have a little bit more polish. Coulter's a guy that they liked, a younger receiver, but... Uh, could be displaced in this certain situation. So Nico Collins comes in the list here. So we started uh, now with the four straight wide receivers. So why don't we make it a couple more here, rounded out uh, through number 20. Uh, counting down, number 21 is Terrace Marshall. He went to the Panthers. So interesting development there that looks like they're going to move on from Robbie Anderson next year. What does that mean for Marshall's value this year? We have to see. They have to figure out how they're out to who's going to be in the slot and all that. So the Panthers are an interesting offense. We still think a lot of it is going to flow through Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore in the passing game with Sam Darnold. Darnold reuniting with uh, Anderson with their connection in New York. So that could reheat here. But clearly Anderson a little bit disappointing last year. They have David Moore. Speaking of David Moore, we talked about him in the Seahawks. Uh, he's now with the Panthers. So right now he'd be the third receiver with DJ Moore and Anderson. So Terrace Marshall has an opportunity. I think it's more about next year where Anderson is a free agent and they can go in a different direction. Very similar skill set. Big outside receiver, lanky. I thought he had first-round potential. So watch out for Terrace Marshall there at 21. Number 20, a lot of mouths to feed with the Giants. That's what hurts uh, this receiver. But Kadarius Toney, the rookie from Florida, first-round pick. Interesting offseason for the Giants. They had Kenny Galladay as the number one. Still have Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, John Ross. Remember him, the Bengals' first-round pick? He's on this roster. Austin Mack is around. C.J. Board, Dante Pettis, they took a chance on him. So a lot of uh, crowd there. But certainly Galladay, Shepard, Slayton, pretty good front line to keep Tony from having a big role as a rookie. But he's a first-round pick. You could see someone get displaced here in time. Maybe Slayton kind of fades in this offense. And you see more of Tony, and Shepard sees a little bit more outside work uh, playing off Galladay. We'll see how it plays out, but again, that's why these are deep sleepers, because things have to break a little bit. So we start with uh, receivers there, 25 through 20. So six straight wide receivers here as deep sleepers. Next, we're going to turn to a run of running backs back-to-back. Number 19 is Ramondre Stevenson. He's got to work his way up the Patriots depth chart, the rookie from Oklahoma. 
I really like this player, but a bad landing spot here with the crowd. Damian Harris there and Sonny Michelle. if he returns from injury. You also have uh, the presence of James White as a receiving back. He's still there. Where else do they go in the backfield? I think that's pretty much it between Harris, Michelle, and White. But that's a lot to overcome here for Stevenson to have a big role. I know he's a good power back. He could have a key role closing out drives here. But we just have to see how it goes with Michelle. I think Michelle being out of the equation or being cuttable or breaking down a little bit with his injury history, that would help Stevenson get closer to being in a key role with Harris, especially in early downs with White taking care of the passing game. So certainly something to watch there with Ramondre Stevenson. Javian Hawkins is also a name that you should have on your radar. He's an undrafted guy, so we're now already into the undrafted guys we want to put on our radar here in fantasy football for 2021. Right now, Mike Davis is the starter. You look elsewhere on this team, you have uh, Corderell Patterson. We know he's more of a gadget player as a second running back. Kadri Olson's been around. He hasn't done a lot. Tony Brooks-James. So there's an opening there for Javian Hawkins to have a key role behind Mike Davis. Maybe at least, or at worst, a handcuff here to Mike Davis. Maybe he'll get some chances to split the work here with Mike Davis. But something we want to see. But again, Davis is one of our favorite uh, kind of older sleepers here. Hawkins is a guy that you can stash, especially if you draft him and uh, have a little bit of insurance behind him. Because certainly, I don't see Allison having a lot of upside. Patterson, again, not a dedicated backup running back. Again, more versatile cog for this uh, Falcons offense. All right, at uh, number 17 and 16, we go back-to-back with two wide receivers. They have the same last name. They're Rondell Moore and Elijah Moore. So 17... I like Elijah a little bit more than Rondale. So Rondale comes in at 17. Elijah is at number 16. Now with uh, Rondale Moore, he's got to fight through a lot there with the Cardinals. They added A.J. Green, but the thing we're waiting on is the decision of Larry Fitzgerald. I think he's probably leaning toward retirement with the arrival of Green playing off DeAndre Hopkins. So right now you have A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, and New Hopkins. So, but an opening after that, because Andy Isabella hasn't quite lived up to being that speedy, explosive, quick cog. So, Moore has a similar skill set to Isabella. You also have Keyshawn Johnson, not the former Jet and Buccaneer and uh, player on many teams, but completely different guy that uh, they also liked as a young receiver. But certainly an opportunity there for Rondell Moore. I think Moore has to have his eyes on trying to displace Christian Kirk in terms of that cog that can help the two veteran receivers, Hopkins and Green. So more first, Isabella Kirk trying to stand out as that key gadget player for the Cardinals here. But I was surprised how high they took him in the real draft. But Ronda Moore, someone we're going to watch here as a cog that they might try to get on the field, especially at the expense of Isabella and Kirk going forward if those guys don't do a little bit more to show that they belong regular parts of the offense here in 2021. And the... Next player is Elijah Moore. He's the Jets wide receiver. Now, the Jets have a bit of a crowd here for the quarterback rookie. Number two overall pick, Zach Wilson. You have uh, pretty good receivers here overall with Jameson Crowder returning. You have uh, Corey Davis on the outside, the free agent acquisition. Denzel Mim is in year two, a big play threat. Crowder working the slot. You also had Keelan Cole, kind of a big slot for the Jaguars last year. With his production, uh, Braxton Berrios is around. So Elijah Moore is going to have to quite cut, fight through some of these guys, Crowder and Berrios and Cole, to have a key role here. But they did invest a second-round pick. So, again, sometimes fall the draft capital at least early. So they want to maybe find ways to get more on the field. He's a special receiver to me. I'm really surprised they kept Crowder, maybe for a little bit more experience to help Wilson there to uh, get through 
uh, getting his feet wet in a completely new NFL offense, but certainly something we can look at there with uh, this situation where the Jets' offense has a lot more upside than you think. Spoiler alert, uh, we will have uh, Zach Wilson probably a little higher than uh, people think here. So those are two guys back-to-back, 17, Rondell Moore, and 16, Elijah Moore, as far as our deep rookie sleepers. The final player I will mention here in this segment is Kenneth Gainwell, the running back for the Eagles. So we go back to running back here. So Stevenson, Hawkins, Gainwell uh, make our 25 through 15 list. Now Kenneth Gainwell behind Miles Sanders. I think this could be a big year for Miles Sanders. Getting used better here, going away from the Doug Peterson offense. Just a little bit more dedication to Sanders' good skill set here. But they got Boston Scott. They got the former Lion, on Johnson, but Gainwell right now can move up from number four with the depth chart and turn into Sanders' uh, all-around backup Scott. Good change of pace guy. Johnson just can't stay healthy. He can do a little bit of everything. Swing backup. Gainwell has some promise here coming out of Memphis. So, again, good name and a good chance here to maybe crack into a key role behind Sanders for Philadelphia in 21. So, there are your rookie sleepers. 25 through 15 got through the chunk there. We'll get to... 14 down to 1 through our final two segments. But I do have to remind you again about Built Bar. And look, there's a great new flavor that you have to try here. It's uh, Built Grasshopper. Check it out. Uh, get it while you can. Supplies last on Grasshopper Cookie. What does it taste like? This is Built Bar's version of the classic Thin Mint Cookie. All the flavor added without all that sugar. 150 calories, 17 grams protein, only 5 grams sugar. Now, there's so many delicious flavors of Built Bar. That's just one of them with Grasshopper Cookie. I always have to look out for the special flavor. But their core flavors are pretty amazing, too, when you look at the fine options. The coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. Well, you got to get in on the Built Bar flavor, whether it's Grasshopper Cookie or anything else. Take advantage why it's there. These core flavors will always be there for you. The best way to find out about your favorite flavors to... Uh, Get a mix box where you can get two of each of nine flavors there and uh, figure out uh, which Bilt Bar you like the best. It's hard to decide, so get them all. Get Try them all, and then you can know how much uh, Bilt Bars you want of a certain flavor, but you're not going to be disappointed with any taste there. Bilt Bar flavors are the best tasting, and they're healthy for you, too. 17 to 18 grams protein, calories from 130 to 180 per bar, only 4 or 5 grams sugar, only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all of them, all tasty, all healthy. And order today to get in on Grasshopper Cookie and whatever else you like there at Built Bar. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So that's good. You're also supporting a good cause there. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for a discount there where you're buying your Built Bars. We'll be right back here to count down our... Rookie sleeper breakout candidates here from number 14 to number 8. All right, let us uh, continue the show here and uh, pick up where we left off. So now we're getting into some intriguing players that you might look at drafting. I think from 15 to 25, those sleepers we mentioned, uh, they're going that order. More guys that you might stash later depending on situations. But this is a player that I think you would absolutely think about drafting. At number 14, a running back, it's Chuba Hubbard of the Panthers. So our second Panther makes the list after Terrace Marshall. Came in at number 21, the wide receiver from LSU. Hubbard, the running back from Canada and Oklahoma State. 
So he looks like a strong candidate to be the top handcuff now to Christian McCaffrey. They've had some other guys in the mix, but Hubbard looks pretty decent. They drafted him for better insurance. McCaffrey's had some durability issues. With the volume, Chuba Hubbard comes in at 14. So if he's on the radar in a reasonable round for you and near the 200 mark late in your draft, we talked about it in the mock draft, do it. I mean, he looks like the clear-cut handcuffed here to McCaffrey, and especially McCaffrey having a lost season with injuries. That's a great time to know who the backup is, and Hubbard fills that bill. We would hope, and uh, let's uh, watch that training camp to confirm that, but Hubbard is definitely trending that way now for Carolina. Number 13 is a wide receiver again, Amon Ra St. Brown. He's the brother of Equinamius, uh, the Packers draft pick. He's trying to hang on there in Green Bay. But Amon Ra goes elsewhere in the NFC North with the Detroit Lions. We know they're blowing things up starting from scratch at wide receiver. Amon Ra, a lot of Juju Smith-Schuster in him, like a kind of a slot that has some good hands and can run good routes. We see some Nelson Aguilar in him. Those guys have had some fantasy relevance here. You only have uh, Brashad Perryman on the outside, who looks like maybe the best lines option. And then you look at Tyrell Williams in their offense, uh, TJ Hawkinson, the tight end, is going to be a big part. But Amon Ross St. Brown steps in a good situation with a cleaned house at wide receiver, chance to be there consistently as their third receiver in Detroit. And we know how much uh, Jared Goff liked throwing to the slot and Cooper Cup in Los Angeles. So that could also carry over in Detroit if Amon Ross carves out that inside steady role. Number 12, now we're getting interesting, is Trey Lance. This is a hard person to rank because it doesn't look like the 49ers are interested in starting him, using Jimmy Garoppolo in-house as the bridge quarterback before making the transition to Trey Lance at some point. Lance is very young, so maybe want him to learn a little bit more under Kyle Shannon and absorb the offense on the bench, learn from the other players, like maybe Garoppolo passing the torch here to Trey Lance. So we'll see, but we know if Trey Lance hits the field in that 49ers offense, he inherits George Kittle. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, great system there from Kyle Shannon. Great running game that's always going to be established there, whether it's Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson or the other uh, rookie on this team, Trey Sermon. So a lot of special potential here in this offense should Trey Lance get there. But right now it doesn't look like Trey Lance is going to have a chance to start. And it looks like this is more of a uh, redshirt year for Lance behind Garoppolo to uh, get out of that contract from the veteran uh, next year and then look at Lance as being a full-time starter with a lot of upside here in fantasy football with running and passing ability for 2022. But watch out. If the any situation comes where the 49ers have to start him, Garoppolo gets hurt, or they just make that decision and unleash Lance, he's going to shoot up the rookie draft boards here for sure. Just a dynamic player, great passer, with also great running ability here for San Francisco. Number 11 is Rashad Bateman. Uh, he is the first-round pick of the... Ravens from University of Minnesota. Again, big possession type, good compliment. It would seem to the Hollywood Brown kind of home run threat ability here for Baltimore. So very uh, intriguing that they used a first rounder on Bateman, but they want to shore this up. They want to get more consistent in the passing game. So right now, Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins, it could be a battle of who plays in the slot, but Bateman looks like he's going to be out there in 11 personnel. Do they use more two tight ends with Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle? That Makes to be seen. I bet they would lean there with their running game emphasis and also running Jackson here. But certainly they had to make some upgrades at receiver with the Watkins out in free agency, Bateman. Then they also drafted uh, Tylen Wallace, Miles Boykin, and Devin Duvernay, James Prochet. Some younger receivers that haven't quite come through yet for this team. So they kind of changed up with Bateman and Wallace, try to get a little bit of veteran presence with Watkins, who knows Greg Roman's offense pretty well. 
So very interesting developments here with uh, this situation with Bateman. But again, he's a guy that at least should be out there in 11 personnel pretty consistently. I just don't trust the volume of the Ravens passing game and how much he's going to be involved versus Watkins and Hollywood Brown. But still intriguing because of his pedigree and what the Ravens could use him as potentially here should the uh, veteran situation fade, especially with Watkins. Number 10, coming counting down, is our first quarterback that could start here in 2021. That's Justin Fields. So Trey Lance on the bench. I know they said Andy Dalton looks like the starter for the Bears. They've tried to confirm it several times. Matt Nagy, Bill Lazor. Lazor does have experience with Dalton from their days in Cincinnati together. So that's probably a big fast track reasoning behind Andy Dalton. But Justin Fields, if he starts again, it's that running ability really helps pad rookie stats here. If their passing numbers are not super high level, they can still get it done on the ground. So Lance and Fields fall under that category. So Fields, I think, has a better stance to start than Lance, even though the absolute statement about Dalton going first. But if Fields is out there, pretty good weaponry there. Al Robinson, uh, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, uh, several receivers there that can help him. Uh, Terry Cohen and David Montgomery out of the backfield. So... Again, good offenses designed and helped by the ability to run here a lot. These options should Lanson or Fields get on the field here in 2021 as number one quarterbacks for their teams. Number nine on the list here counting down, I have him higher than most. I really think the Jets offense is going to be pretty good. And you look at it, I mean, there's just a lot of weapons with the Jets offense. We mentioned the receivers here already between uh, – the newcomer Corey Davis and uh, Jamison Crowder, and now Elijah Moore is in the mix. You have Denzel Mims. You also have some uh, tight end ability with the former Bills and Bengals player Tyler Croft. You have Chris Herndon at that position. You have Ryan Griffin. So you have some guys there and some guys who can catch passes at well out of the backfield. So I think Zach Wilson has a lot of weapons. He's a dynamic young arm, and he can run around a little bit as well. I don't like him as much. There, as a, another rookie quarterback, we'll get into him in our final segment. But yeah, I think to me, Zach Wilson at least has the direct path to start, while Lance and Fields won't. Now, that would definitely change if Fields or Lance starts. They would jump Wilson here in the rankings. But I think Wilson has a lot of upside. He, he's also no slouch as an athlete that can give you something on the ground as well, spraying the ball. But a lot of weapons. The Jets are going to be trailing a lot of games. High volume there. This offense, I think, will have a nice turnaround here with new offense quarter Michael Floor. So we're down to uh, one more in this segment we'll talk about. It's uh, Jalen Waddell. That's the wide receiver from the Dolphins uh, from Alabama. Now, Waddell didn't end up in the best landing spot, to be honest. I didn't love it because of the crowd all of a sudden that happened in Miami. We have to see if they can rekindle their relationship here on the field. Tagovola and Waddell from Alabama. You also have uh, Will Fuller there that uh, dealing with his usual suspension and injury concerns there that they went out and got. Devontae Parker still establishing number one. Preston Williams coming off an injury-riddled season as well. He could return here. You have uh, Lynn Bowden there, a little cog. Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson, they're still around. Alan Hearns, remember him? He's around. And Mac Holland. So Robert Foster, another Alabama receiver also. So good competition here for the depth of the Dolphins. I don't know how big of a passing team they're going to be, but if Fuller's in there and he's good to go and cleared and 
No injury, no suspension. He's going to be a key guy behind Parker. Mike Isaki, the tight end, could also see key action as a third target. Should uh, Parker and Fuller be on the field together? They throw to the backfield. I don't know how, again, downfield-oriented they want to be, but Tugwell and Waddle at least have the established chemistry. And Waddle just is a great overall talent. I just wish he had landed with a better team in a better situation with who's throwing to him, who he's complimenting, how he's uh, playing in the pecking order of the receiving core for the Dolphins. So those are the concerns, but the talent is all there. That's why Waddle comes in at number eight there among our deep sleepers, now turned regular sleepers at rookie class in 2021. We'll close it out with seven through one in our final segment, but I do have to Remind you about our title sponsor, rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. While you do off and pointless with seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only and their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store car dealership? You can uh, find the best prices there at rockout.com. They're reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need there. Brake parts, tail lamps, more oil, and even new carpet. I'm looking for tough parts all the time for my cars, and uh, Rock Auto has always come through for me. So they can come through for you. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on there. How did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, that is all there for you at rockauto.com. We'll be right back here to uh, break down our favorite seven sleepers among the rookie class here for fantasy football in 2021. All right, we've gone through uh, 25 through 8, so a lot of good sleeper content for you here on this show. Let's close it with... uh, a few more guys as we count down. Again, we did not include Najee Harris because he's pretty much headed for super studdom here as a borderline RB1 here. The Steelers running back from Alabama. The Patriots quarterback from Alabama not headed to a good rookie presence here with Cam Newton battling for the job there. New England, Mac Jones. So Mac Jones would have put up a lot of big numbers there if you had him in fantasy football at Alabama, but here you drop him off. So Harris fully off this list because he's a top Player Mac Jones, not on the list, didn't make the cut in the top 25. One quarterback who didn't make the cut, another guy who had a lot of success in college, prolific numbers, won a national championship. That is Trevor Lawrence. He is their last quarterback on the list. So if you missed it before, Trey Lance, number 12, Justin Fields, number 10, Zach Wilson, number 9, and here comes Trevor Lawrence at number 7. I think potentially he has borderline QB1 aspirations here. I think he's a solid to high-end QB number two. The Jaguars offense is loaded here. They've got a lot of uh, weapons. And again, like Wilson, I think the Jaguars defense is going to be bad. So a lot of throwing here for Trevor Lawrence. Not as much natural running, but look at the weapons he has. Uh, Travis Etienne, his uh, backfield mate from Clemson, catching passes. DJ Chark Jr., Marvin Jones Jr., LaVisca Cheneau Jr., Colin Johnson can be a big part if they need him. Here, Laquan Treadwell, they take a chance on him. Philip Dorsett, second. And looking at uh, their options are plenty here. Again, Jaguars offensive line, not too bad. They're going to be running game predicate that's going to open things up in the passing game. Lawrence, just a quick study, a mature player and all that, so he could uh, establish himself here pretty quickly. And if Gardner Minshew 
was a good streamer and was valuable in this offense for the past two years. I mean, Lawrence Town bumps it up a few notches here for the Jaguars. So we'll watch Lawrence and his value, but certainly there's some potential here with the receiving core he has and the volume that's expected to come here for Urban Meyer and what they want to do in 2021. The next player on the list, we go back to running back, it's Trey Sermon of the 49ers. Now, everyone's all over Trey Sermon, thinking it's inevitable that he's going to be the guy here because of the injury issues involving Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. Both of them were productive when they could stay healthy, but right now, you got to get over Mostert. You have Wayne Gallman as well. Wilson, uh, that's a pretty deep backfield now that you're kind of uh, navigating through to have a key role. But Trey Sermon, right now, the indication is that he's going to be number two, kind of displaced Wilson. Wilson's dealing with more injury. That kid uh, slow him down. Gallman was just a guy, did his job he, the best he could behind Saquon Barkley and the Giants. But Sermon has a lot more upside. He's got that long stride, zone blocking style, really boomed at Ohio State uh, after transferring from Oklahoma. So he's a good zone-blocking fit. He can glide with the size, all that. Uh, Tevin Coleman is a good comparison from when uh, Kyle Shanahan had him. Coleman's now with the Jets, but in Atlanta, very similar style of running there when he was most productive playing off Devonta Freeman. So Trey Sermon has some of that, and he can be number two in the depth chart here when it's all said and done, and Mostert's injury history says, yeah, Sermon holds the keys to a very productive running game as well, and that's why he comes in at number six there despite his lower real draft pedigree. Number five on the list is Devonta Smith, the Eagles wide receiver out of Alabama, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. What a season Devonta Smith had in college. I just think this off- offense doesn't really have a defined leader right now in terms of catches. I think you expect Dallas Goder and now uh, Zach Ertz back on this team to be pretty key, but then you have Jalen Rieger on this team. Is Smith the number one, and Rieger's more the complimentary deep threat? Travis Fulgham, he had his moments last year, but he kind of faded, disappeared once it flipped to Jalen Hurts. Greg Ward potentially working in the slot to maybe a better option than Rieger. But however I look at all this, it looks like Devontae Smith looks the part of their number one here. Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith also have that chemistry from Alabama before Hurts transferred to Oklahoma to finish out his career. So... There's a lot I like about Devonta Smith. I think he's being a bit undervalued here. But someone's going to step up and be a key target for the Eagles. That's why we like Dallas Goddard so much there as a breakout for a fourth-year player. But we didn't love as much uh, Jalen Rieger doing the damage here. So I do love uh, Devonta Smith. A good, complete skill set. Going to be a complete go-to guy here for Hurts, with whom he's very familiar as well. Number four is Travis Etienne, the running back aforementioned out of Clemson, reunited with Lawrence in Jacksonville. Now, I don't know how this is going to play out with the James Robinson situation. I mean, Robinson could be the early down guy. Etienne is a cog who can catch a lot of passes, but they did use a first-round pick on Etienne. Etienne's no stranger to seeing a high volume all round. He's not a slouch of a runner. He's a very good, talented all-round back. I thought he would be a later pick here, but the Jaguars had a role in mind for Etienne, so it's hard to kind of move on from James Robinson after that great season. I don't think Robinson's going to be totally gone here. I think he'll still have a key part of the offense, but Etienne, definitely worthy of coming in at number four here, the Jaguars running back from Clemson. So we're down to our final three, uh, the guys we haven't mentioned, minus Harris and Jones there. 
are number three, Javante Williams, the running back for the Broncos. The signs are starting to point towards Javante Williams, who whom the Broncos traded up to get behind Melvin Gordon. Could see a big role in a co-starring, co-feature type role with what you get from Melvin Gordon in Denver. They love Javante Williams. They went out and got him here. So a guy that you look at. So between Javante Williams and uh, we're going to put uh, him right there with Michael Carter, the Jets running back. So two North Carolina backs. We talked about that. You look at Javante Williams, Michael Carter, kind of right there at number three. I like them both. I think Carter could carve out a key role here. They used to battle uh, Tevin Coleman for some key targets there with the Jets, but uh, I think Carter and, and Javante Williams, his teammate, number three tied there. They're both going to make it happen here for their teams here in uh, 2021. Javante has a better ch- chance to start right away, but Michael Carter could easily see a key role for the Jets here in that zone blocking system, kind of like the Trey Sermon of that with uh, Michael Floor there uh, playing Coleman. So a lot of things to watch there, but I think Javonta Williams and Carter right now stand up as the top running backs I'm going to look at in my drafts here as rookies ahead of Travis Etienne. Number two is uh, Jamar Chase here of the Bengals. So we go back to wide receiver. Jamar Chase, to me, can have a big, big season. All reports say he's back on page with looking at Joe Burrow and what they did in college together. They tore it up, and it looks like they seamlessly picked up where they left off. So Jamar Chase had a year off, so essentially the last time he played was with Joe Burrow at quarterback, and they were putting up big numbers and winning championships together. So, yeah, I love Jamar Chase this year. I think he's a wide receiver, too. Don't put him in there with T. Higgins and kind of say that it's interchangeable between Higgins and Chase and Tyler Boyd. Chase is definitely going to stand out here. And that connection, you just can't recreate that with the other receivers. Burrow already has it with Chase. And Chase is going to be a big part of what they do. I like Joe Burrow a lot. I like this Bengals offense turning the corner with Zach Taylor. And I also like their defense struggling a little bit, so you get that high volume here from Cincinnati. So Jamar Chase comes in at number two behind uh, number three, Javonta Williams, Michael Carter, that combination from North Carolina in different situations. And finally, the number one, it probably is no surprise to anyone. He's a guy that I thought about having as a non-mention with Najee Harris because he's just too good and everyone's on him. But it's Kyle Pitts, and reason-wise, I want to talk more about Kyle Pitts. So I think everyone realizes he's going to be tight end one. But the question is, can he be a tight end three overall? So you know he's going to be a starter, definitely in the top 10 or 12, no matter what. And people have him more going in the top five to six range there at the position. But I think he could be a candidate to finish as the number one tight end of the board and behind uh, Travis Kelsey. So you're looking at Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller. And then it opens up TJ Hawkinson, someone to look at there. But the number three, number four tight end, that slot is up for grabs. So Pitts could be even more productive than you think. And the trade of Julio Jones really helps because now he's established there no lower than the number two target playing off Calvin Ridley. And Ridley was a big red zone force. Pitts can do that same for Matt Ryan. So Kyle Pitts certainly comes in as highly worthy. Doesn't happen very often. A tight end stands out as their top rookie sleeper. But Kyle Pitts, again, is a sleeper with a bullet. He can turn into a stud. Again, him and Chase I really like here. And I think they're both kind of undervalued versus their uh, ADP at this point. So, again, Chase and Pitts come in 
what a one-two punch to close out our list of the rookie sleepers slash breakout candidates to watch here in 2021. Elsewhere on the Locked On Network, today on the Locked On Today podcast, can Giannis save the Bucks in the NBA Finals after Milwaukee trimmed Phoenix Lee to 2-1 here going into game number four? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find Locked On Fantasy Football, this show, on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcast, And we'll keep bringing it to you, so... Again, this uh, concludes our look at kind of the sleeper breakout candidates. So if you missed the fourth year, third year, second year, check those out. Uh, this was our wrap-up of the rookies. And we'll have a lot more for coming to you uh, this week. And uh, we're on the brink of going daily for you again here with the uh, NFL camps being in full swing. So we'll do that here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. But hope you enjoyed this look at the rookies. Have a great day. See you on our next show. This has been LOF Vinny Iyer. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.